Hello, everyone, and welcome to a special listener-produced episode of Best of the Left podcast. Today, we have clips from The Daily Show with Jon Stewart, Hardball with Chris Matthews, Sam Cedar, Randy Rhodes, Rachel Maddow, Mike Malloy, and the Associated Press. How you feeling? Are you good? Are you good? Are the kids good? You feel healthy? Kids healthy? Are the kids healthy? Because the news from Washington is, uh, well, you're going to try and want to keep them that way. <laughs> this week, everyone who was anyone in D.C. was talking about the proposed expansion of the so-called S-CHIP health care program for low-income children. Congress has voted to expand the program by $35 billion over five years and add two to four million kids to the program's roles to be paid for with a 61-cent increase in the cigarette tax. So... In summation, the bill takes money from cigarettes and gives it to poor, sick children. That's why I'm going to veto the bill. No health care for poor kids. You know, I thought something like that is only done by cartoon villains. You're, you're, you're slowly going from being Nixon to Mr. Burns. That's, that's not good. But I'm sure this veto will in no way set up the type of photo op. I'm sure this will set up the type of photo op uh, uh, that most people uh, will in no way find. Oh, God. Yes, it's a midday march of the adorables descended upon the White House, highlighting the human face of the president's decision. Washington hasn't seen that kind of devotion to a cause since the Big Wheels for Mummia rally. I believe the explanations for this veto are going to be enjoyable to hear. I would be surprised if the children who are outside today protesting knew that the president is actually in favor of expanding S-CHIP. It's unfortunate if there's any misinformation being given to children. unfortunate misinformation has been given to children. You don't have kids, do you, Ms. Perino? Because what you call misinformation, most people call parenting. No, honey, your baby teeth really do have monetary value. Just put them under your pillow and go to sleep. Their whole lives are misinformation. Where are you from? A stork brought you. It wasn't in any way the effect of alcohol on the fine motor skills it takes to put a condom on. Hey, here's another one, kids. Of course your long-term health care isn't going to make us lose the house. Not if the chronic illness fairy has anything to do with it. Other Washington insiders tried impeccable logic. They fund it with a 61 cents a pack tax increase, bringing it to $1, and say, by the way, that will discourage people from smoking. That's good. But the problem is, if people do stop smoking, you won't have the money, and the program won't be paid for. It's foolproof. Wait. Unless we convince poor kids to start smoking. Then they would pay for their own health care. Genius. There's only one way. I'm 125 Marlboro miles away from getting my tonsils out. There's only one way to learn what the president was thinking on this one. Let's hear from the man himself. My job is a decision-making job. And uh, as a result, I make a lot of decisions. I want to share with you why I vetoed the bill this morning. Poor kids first. Secondly, wait a minute. That's your whole first point? Poor kids? Here's why I vetoed the bill. Poor kids first. Secondly, no. Poor kids? Throw me a verb. Give me a modifier. First, uh, those poor kids. Something. Give me something. All right, so the first reason you vetoed the S-chip, if I can summarize your point, and I may have trouble doing it, poor kids. 
Go on. Secondly, I believe in private medicine, not the federal government running the health care system. Yes, I don't think there's an uninsured kid out there who wants to be suckered into some slippery slope socialized medicine scheme. These kids don't want the government telling them what they can or cannot die from. It's just wrong. For more on the president's veto of health care for poor, sick children, we go to John Oliver. John? Looking fine and dandy, if I may say. What with your spiffy whistle and flute? John, where... where are you? I'll be in 19th century London, I be. A Dickensian hellscape of orphanages, factories and orphan factories. And let me tell you, the blokes and birds here support the President's veto wholeheartedly. Wholeheartedly? That's what I said. Hey, look, the Ripper's killing an oar. That's first-rate slaying, Mr. Rip. And now the urchins are warming their hands on the steaming entrails. And it ain't even Christmas. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry about that. Governor? I, I don't think I was expecting this. Oh, my yeah. I'm sorry. Don't be chuckling, Mr. Stewart. Oh, be serious. I, oh, no, I know. It's terribly... You're absolutely Go right. On. Uh, so the people in, in... The people in 19th century Dickensian England are supporting this veto. A cackle butt and a biscuit, they are. <laughs> no, 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 no. Because, John, the feeling here is a seven-year-old oughtn't to be getting his health care from the government. He ought to be getting it from where he works. Is the seven-year-olds work there? Oh, of course. You've got your pickpockets, your chimney sweeps, boot scrapers, door stops, pie filling, dartboards, speed bumps. Wait, John, John. Seven-year-olds work as speed bumps? Look, if you can work your way out from a cobblestone, then good luck to you. The point is, they don't ask nothing from the government. He's helping themselves. It's like the old song goes. He's helping themselves. Helping themselves. He's helping themselves. All together now. John, thank you very much for that report. That was... Oh, hold on. I better go. Some little scamps just ask for more. That's unprecedented. Be lucky. They're helping themselves. Everybody, everybody back. Anyway, the S-CHIP program is designed to help uh, low-income families. Uh, we shouldn't use the term poor. We should use the, the term low-income because uh, it, it covers low-income families. Uh, there, there are also programs that cover uh, poor children. Uh, one of those programs is S-CHIP, but it also covers low-income and lower-middle class. I, I hate these terms, but that's the way uh, the terms uh, are used. The, uh, the cost of this $35 billion would be funded by raising the cigarette tax uh, by 61 cents. Right now it's at 39 cents a pack. This would take it up to a buck a pack. And, of course, uh, Bush said and followed through, because he's a man of his word, he vetoed the bill. He argued that uh, this plan would be a move toward socialized medicine by expanding, which is a damn good idea. By, uh, because it would expand the program to higher-income families. Higher-income. 
yeah, families that uh, operate at two or three hundred percent of the poverty rate. Whoa. Uh, now, Democrats, of course, denial that they said their goal is to cover uh, more of the millions of uninsured children. And, of course, the bill does provide financial incentives for states to cover their lowest income children first. You see, of the 43 million people nationwide who lack health insurance, truth seeker, 9% or about 6 million are under 18. 18 Republicans saw the political advantage of going along with this. Republicans do not like children unless they're unborn or the size of a pinhead uh, resting in someone's womb. Then they worship at the altar of that child. But a two-year-old or a three-year-old or a one-year-old trying to nurse at his mama's breast, Republicans hate those children. Uh, The only way Republicans will tolerate those children is in the hope that someday they will grow up and become the Republicans' yard boy or pool manager. But Republicans hate children. You can tell they hate children by what they vote for or what they allow Bush to do. This current Republican Party is the most anti-family, anti-child political party in the history of this country. And my saying that is superfluous to the fact that it is. Look at their voting record on everything. But 18 Republicans in the Senate joined the Democrats because those 18 Republicans saw political advantage in being able to say, re-elect me, I voted for children. That's the only reason they voted the way they did. Now, this gives the Senate enough votes to override Bush's veto if those 18 Republicans don't think to themselves, out of hell with it. I voted for it, now vote against it, and when I go home for re-election, I'll say, well, I voted for it. My constituents are so goddamn dumb, they will never figure out that I assisted in permanently killing this. Who knows with Republicans? Now, that wasn't the case in the House. Uh, In the House, there were, I think, 45 members of the House who are Republicans also saw the political advantage to doing this. And House Republicans dislike children probably to a greater degree than House, or I'm sorry, Senate Republicans. Because House Republicans understand, since they have to get elected or re-elected every year, that children get in the way with their demands for this and their demands for education. Ah, for Christ's sake. A medical uh, care. Oh, please go away. Uh, Keep my kid out of the military. Oh, stop. Safe schools. Oh, who cares? So fewer Republicans in the House, not enough to override the pig's veto, joined with the uh, Democratic Party and voted to uh, pass this bill. Whether or not the uh, Democrats can convince, I think they need two dozen, the 24 or 25 more Republicans, that it is more to the advantage of this country to vote for $5 billion a year over the next seven years for, for health care than it is to vote for $190 billion more over one year for this filthy, stinking butchery and occupation going on in the Middle East. It is difficult to convince Republicans that the latter is hell and the former is a way of redemption. Because Republicans hate not just children, they hate all life on this planet. Why? Because they know that when the death becomes monumental enough, when the bodies reach up to the heavens, then Jesus will come back and take them all to heaven. So to hell with what's going on here on earth. That's how the mind of a Republican works. I remember when, I remember when I lost my mind. There was something so pleasant about that place. Even your emotions have an echo in so much space. 
Today, our dear leader vetoed a wildly bipartisan expansion of the Children's Health Insurance Program. Uh, fortunately, some of our nation's governors are not taking the president's veto sitting down. On Monday of this week, governors in seven states said that if Bush vetoed this bill, those seven states would take the Bush administration to court. The president did veto the legislation today, so on to court we go. Joining us on the phone now is the Democratic governor of the great state of Washington, Governor Christine Gregoire. Governor Gregoire, thank you so much for joining us. You bet, Rachel. How are you? I'm great. Um, tell me about this this lawsuit and what it is that um, is the is the basis for, for taking the Bush administration to court on this one. Well, Rachel, the Congress took up the children's health uh, bill before they went on recess in August and passed it, of course. And then on August 17th, while Congress was away, the administration issued a series of new requirements for all the states to cover uh, low-income families' children. Uh, very draconian, you know, a year waiting, can't have any insurance for at least a year. Mm. Uh, a requirement that how many would participate under 200% of poverty had to be no less than 95%, or you couldn't cover anybody above that. That is impossible. No state can achieve that. So uh, we wrote uh, to the administration, asked them to withdraw it. Uh, they have refused. Uh, Congress then, in their compromise, uh, in the bill that was uh, given to the president, uh, got rid of all those requirements. Um, and with his veto, those requirements are in. And so our lawsuit basically says you've got a procedure you failed to go through. It's called rulemaking. Mm. Uh, you should have given notice. You should have let people be given the opportunity to respond. And you've exceeded your authority. And Congress has said so in its own legislation that it passed. So, unfortunately, with the veto, uh, we now have no other recourse but that we must resort to court, uh, although I'm doing my dead-level best to see if we can get enough votes to override the veto. Do you have um, high hopes for that? I'm, I, mean, I know that it seems like the votes are there in the Senate. In the House, there's quite a ways to go in terms of persuading Republican members of the House to come over on this. Are you feeling hopeful? Well, I'm not going to go without a try, and I'm joined by other governors around the country, and families and children's advocates all saying uh, this is the right thing to do. The one no vote in my entire delegation here, uh, interestingly enough, is probably the district that is impacted the most. So I've put truth and facts before that member of Congress rather than the rhetoric that I've heard uh, bandied about. Uh, and when the truth and the facts are put before these members, I hope, that they will see how important it is to provide poor children with health care coverage. Will you whisper that name to me? I promise I won't tell anybody. <laughs> <laughs> it's Congressman Doc Hastings. Don Hastings, very good. Um, and, you know, Rachel, yeah. what's interesting about all this is the idea that, uh, well, they'll get health care coverage, and no, they don't. Uh, one, uh, small employers particularly cover only the employee, not the family. People are struggling mightily. This is not about a family with an 83000 uh, dollar income. This is a family of three, a mom or dad and two kids, uh, at $42,000 in my state, up to $51,000 in my state. Hmm. And if they don't have coverage, their kids really can't learn, and they end up getting coverage when it's too late and far more expensive for taxpayers through the emergency room. There are three huge things you can do to help support the show, but they only take a few seconds. Leave us a great customer review in the iTunes Music Store, dig the show on dig.com, and every month you can vote for the best of the left at podcastalley.com. Find links to all three of these most important sites on the right-hand side at bestoftheleftpodcast.com. 
www.ethanfieldcoaching.com. Thanks for your support. Did you know that on October 1st, the President of the United States, yeah, him, stood up and said that he was proclaiming, I have this proclamation right here, and because he proclaimed it, it must be so, because they proclaimed that they support the troops, so therefore they do, and this proclamation, of course, makes it so, too. This was uh, October 1st, just a few days ago, a proclamation by the President of the United States, a proclamation. We represent the It's a proclamation. Uh, he, he declared it Child Health Day. Child Health Day. He said, our nation is committed to the health and well-being of our youth. On Child Health Day, we reaffirm our commitment to helping children develop good nutrition habits and active lifestyles so that they can grow into healthy, productive adults. And it goes on and on about nutrition and healthy lifestyles and that they should avoid risky behavior and that way they could realize their full potential. He declared it Children's Health Day on October 1st. On October 4th, he vetoed the Children's Health Insurance Program, which was a pay-go item for the Democratic uh, Congress. and Senate. Well, it was bipartisan uh, piece of legislation that was uh, actually took... Uh, other things that weren't priority for the government and took the money out of those things and put it into the children's health insurance program so that there was no increase in the deficit by passing this uh, children's health care bill. The total cost of the bill was $35 billion or, or 80 days in Iraq for Blackwater. 80 days in Iraq for Blackwater. For the entire occupation, 40 days in Iraq. But because they spent 40 cents of every dollar on private security contractors, it's really 80 days for private security contractors in Iraq, or we could insure our children and let them go see a doctor. That would be bad, so they vetoed, the president vetoed it in the middle. They said he did it at 10 o'clock in the morning with no cameras. I'm saying he did it in the middle of the night and went back to sleep. <laughs> I mean, is this amazing to you? He proclaims October 1st to be Children's Health Day, and two days later he vetoes the Children's Health Bill. Maybe he meant children should be healthy for that one day. See, you never know because they're, they're word parsers. You just don't really, you know, today's your day to be healthy. Enjoy it and then get it, get it over with because uh, I need to spend money on this occupation. Does this president know the meaning of the word irony?
Rogers on Hardball on MSNBC tonight fighting about this with Pat Buchanan. And what he and actually Chris Matthews, both of them, kept going back to over and over again was the same argument that's come out of the White House, which is this will result in uh, families who can afford private insurance um, dropping it in order to get this welfare insurance, in order to get on, get on the um, on the on the public dime when they could be affording this themselves. They they've really campaigned against this as if this is some sort of um, you know welfare for the upper class. Uh, Rachel, it's just it's just rhetoric. There's yeah. no facts to bear it out. In my state, a family of three. We're talking about family of three, two children that makes forty two thousand up to fifty one thousand dollars a year. And under my state law, they have to pay partially for the insurance. We don't, we don't just give it out for free. They have to participate in the payment of it. And what this legislation would allow us to do is even go where families are on the verge of losing their health care coverage at their employer to help them stay on that private insurance rather than be more costly and come over to the children's health care program that we have so that's, that's nice rhetoric for Washington, D.C. Mm. When you look out at what's going on in the states, it's just not true. Yeah, and, and, it's, and it's frustrating because the rhetoric flies much better than the statistics do, much better than actually what's happening. But what underlies them is this weird allegation that people are, are somehow greedy about health care, that there's people that are hoarding health care, that they're using it improperly um, over and over again. I mean, even with the president saying, yeah, you can get health care in this country. You, should go, you can go to the emergency room. There's this, I feel like there's an underlying allegation that if you don't have enough money to afford real Cadillac care for yourself, then um, you know you don't really deserve to have health care, and if we and if we ensure that you get health care, uh, we're giving you something that you're going to misuse or that you don't deserve. It's almost like it's being treated like it's some sort of um, uh, some sort of luxury rather than a necessity. You know, I, I, it, it is beyond me. I think this is a fundamental set of values for this country, mm. and if we can't provide health care coverage to our poorest children in this country, what does that say about us? In, insofar as our reputation around the rest of the world. And again, the idea that you can get health care coverage through an emergency room simply costs the taxpayers much, much more. My children's hospital in this state makes a very clear case that if you refuse or fail to cover low-income children to get routine and preventive medical care, they, when the emergency happens, when it's too late, when it's gone on too long, will come in through the emergency doors, and that will cost taxpayers far more than if they had provided health care to these poor children. It's incredible. I mean, it's it's fiscally incredible, but it's also um, the politics of it and the fact that the politics of, and the rhetoric around it is so far away from the really visceral morality that you feel whenever you think about the issue uh, is really hard. Uh, Governor, I just want to ask you to respond to one other uh, one other um, criticism that has been made about this expansion. One of the other things that the, the president has said, in fact, in justifying his veto, it's this is one of the things he said today. I believe in private medicine, not the federal government running the health care system. The president and other Republicans are saying there's the, the principled reason to oppose this is that it's socialized medicine. What, what's your response to that criticism? Well, the fact of the matter is, and this is, these are statements made by Republicans on the floor of Congress, this is, in fact, not a state-run program. This is a program, much like what we do in, in other programs, where it's really being administered out there in the private sector. Mm. And all it is is affording those who otherwise would never have health care to have access to the financial resources to make it happen. But again, this country spends how much money on a wide range of things, and we cannot see to it in our value system to provide health care to our poorest children in this country. What does that say about us? And the idea that somehow a capped block grant is an entitlement program is just wrong again. It's rhetoric. It's not the facts. If the people knew the facts, I believe universally people around this country would say, this is our value. Let's provide health care. It's the right fiscally thing to do. It's the right morally thing to do. Let's be right by these kids. Yeah. And with 72 percent of the country already agreeing with you and agreeing with me on, on this issue and supporting this program, um, even in the face of the rhetoric uh, against it and the, from the White House and from the Republicans in Congress, 72 um, percent approval rating for a program like this is pretty hard to argue with. But the president decided to pick that fight today um, with the veto. Let's hope it gets uh, overturned. Governor Gregoire from Washington State, thank you so much for joining us. I really appreciate it. 
You got it. Thanks, Rachel. This show is produced with the help of the members of the Best of the Left community. You too can be a part of the show, and we would love your help. You can submit information about great clips you've heard, volunteer to help edit these clips for the show, or actually become an occasional guest producer. For more information, please visit the community at bestoftheleftpodcast.com. Harvey, uh, let's start with you. Um, George Bush has decided that it's too expensive to pay for children's health care, that kids should grab themselves by their bootstraps and pay for their own health care, like he did, obviously, as a child. Um, does it look like the, the Democrats will be able to rally enough votes over the next two weeks to override uh, this presidential veto? Well, see, the thing is, Sam, that you have to understand are these children, you know, are, are so powerful and so politically astute, and someone's got to look out for the private insurance companies. And if George Bush doesn't look out for private insurance, really, who's going to? Yes, this is a sad case that you've got those private insurance companies out there, and they have no voice in any of this. Really, really. No, actually, um, you know, this is a little bit embarrassing, but I cried. I actually teared up in my office and had to shut the door. I was so angry about this if i'd been a boy i think i would have kicked a wall but um being a girl of course i have to go to the anger tears but it was just really nasty business and the president uh just really relegated a bunch of these children who are the children of the working poor for the most part uh to a a childhood without health insurance because a he said it was too expensive and b he wanted to protect private interests now luckily um, I have no idea if it's going to happen, but I read uh, yesterday that Nancy Pelosi now thinks that she might be getting pretty close to having enough votes in the House to overturn this veto. I think she said that she's at the point now where she needs uh, under 20 votes to flip, and she might be able to do it. Well, that's great news. Uh, Digby from uh, Hullabaloo, tell me, what, what's in it for George Bush to veto this? I mean, where does this come from? That's a really interesting question, because if you look at it objectively, you know, there's really no reason for the Republican Party in general to do this, which is why they may be able to actually override this veto. They're, they're able to override it with substantial votes in the um, Senate. So clearly this isn't a position that's popular among Republicans. So the only thing that you can come up with is the fact that George Bush is selfishly looking out for his own legacy on the backs of small children without health insurance, and he's taking his party down with him. It's, a, it's an amazing and bizarre political act, as far as I'm concerned. But I think, I, I saw Tony Snow on um, David Letterman, and he sort of put it, not specifically in terms of, of the uh, Esther program, but in terms of you know Bush's behavior in general. He really believes now that he'll be vindicated by history, and as a result, these things that may seem difficult to understand today will be understood 30 years from now. Unfortunately, you know, the kids who don't get health care today, 30 years from now doesn't really mean much. So it just would appear that, that this is all about George W. Bush. I mean, th this is bizarre. What do you think about that, Christy? I mean, I can't understand the angle here. I mean, does George Bush really think that he is, his legacy is going to be, that history is going to adjudicate, you know, the two great things that George Bush did? He uh, prevented children from uh, getting health care, and, of course, he uh, got us involved in that quagmire in Iraq, which uh, uh, made uh, democracy flourish everywhere around the world, and uh, it rained candy canes uh, for years to come. 
It makes no sense. It, it, Stigby's completely right. It was absolutely bizarre. I almost felt like I was watching the the White House political version of Britney Spears for the past couple of weeks because this was <laughs> completely irrational and flew in the face of not only, you know, his legacy, I think, but it also is going to hurt a lot of Republicans running in 2008. And it just seemed mean and heartless. And the thing is, he knew it did. If you remember his first vetoes uh, with the stem cell research, he had the big parties, and there were lots of little snowflake children around him, and he called all the cameras and made these big press conferences. And this he did basically in a closed room with no windows yep. with the lights out uh, where no one could see him. They tried to really, really downplay this veto. And uh, I thought that was telling because it just showed he knows he's doing something really bad and wrong. And he's trying to, he thinks maybe if we can't see him do it, uh, we'll all forget about it a little bit. Back to Harbaugh, President Bush lived up to his word today, vetoing a children's health insurance bill that would increase health coverage for poor children to families making up to three times the poverty level or about $60,000 a year and up to $80,000 a year in income in some states like New York. The president says it's a case of creeping national health care. I happen to believe that what you're seeing when you expand eligibility for federal programs is the desire by some in Washington, D.C. to federalize health care. I don't think that's good for the country. I believe in private medicine. I believe in helping poor people, which was the intent of S-CHIP now being expanded beyond its initial intent. Democrats try, will try to override DeVito later this month. So the hardball debate tonight, it's a hot one and right on time. Is the president right in vetoing this children's health care bill? Rachel Maddow is a talk show host on Air America Radio. And Pat Buchanan is an MSNBC political analyst. Rachel, why should the president not veto this bill? He shouldn't veto this bill on policy because this is one of the most phenomenally successful health care programs we've ever had in this country. Expanding it would go it would go halfway toward getting rid of all uninsured kids in this country. In political terms, he shouldn't veto it because it's going to it's the wrong thing to saddle Republicans with who are going to be running for reelection next year uh, on the grounds that they're against health insurance for kids. It's a wrong political move. Pat Buchanan, the politics and the policy. What's what's good about the veto? Well, let's talk about the politics of it, Chris. Look, uh, the Republican Party is supposed to be a party that's against socialized medicine. You've got a doubling of the size of a entitlement program by the federal government, takes it from 25 to $60 billion, doubles the number of kids almost under it. This is creeping socialism. More than that, Chris, this country is headed down the road to a massive collision with these entitlement programs, Social Security, Medicare, and Medicaid, which we can't afford. This country cannot be now expanding entitlement programs. Everybody that's looked at these programs knows that can't happen. What do you make, Rachel, of the moving up of the ceiling of eligibility to 80000 a year in some states? I think that makes it takes account of what the reality is for families and the cost of living and the price of health care. Listen, if, if we were playing fantasy politics instead of fantasy baseball, this, this, this bill would win the World Series. This is a bill that expands private health insurance for poor kids and pays for it by raising the cigarette tax. Like, you can't make this a prettier bill unless you added puppies to it or something. I mean, well, it, this does, is a, it does go up to three or four times the poverty level. But, but you would call all that poverty. But you know, but you can't listen. You're, this is about getting eight million kids who are uninsured in this country some sort of health care. This would get rid of half of the uninsured kids in the country and get well, them under the private health insurance system. Wait a minute, Rachel. Yeah, we're not talking about whether they're going to be deprived of health care. We're talking about who should pay for the health care of folks making sixty and eighty thousand a year. But Pat, I eight million kids should. don't have health insurance I right think now. They should. Nobody's paying for but their the health care. Is, not that they don't get cared, but who, who is paying 
for these things. I don't think you ought to transfer the burden from folks uh, who are making sixty and eighty thousand a year should get something from people who are making more. Who is they paying? Pay right, for, they should paying, pay for it themselves. Who is paying right now for the eight million kids who don't have health insurance? Their families kids. are paying themselves, or the, they get it okay. free. The, they Let get me, it free. Uh, That's what President Bush said. Oh, you can just go to the emergency room for treatment. That's let, not a health care system. Let me ask That's an a policy uh, failure. This is really about health care financing, not health care. Let me ask you, Rachel, uh, where are we going to get the extra $35 billion? Where's it going to come from? Cigarette tax. 61 but that's cent not increase on the cigarette tax. But that hasn't been passed. That hasn't been passed. That's what they're proposing to do to pay for it. But, but that's, a, well, I don't know, that's not part of this me. bill. Chris, There's no Chris. reason to believe that that will happen, is there? There's, that's what the Democrats are proposing to spend. Proposing, Bush, but pro I'll gladly pay you on Tuesday for a hamburger today. Once again, they're borrowing money saying they'll someday pay for it. Do you really no. believe a cigarette tax will be signed by this president? An well, increase in the cigarette tax will be signed by George if Bush? If Bush didn't sign it, I would still be in favor of this bill, and I think 72% of Americans would still be well, in favor of it, too. So we're going to borrow the money from the Chinese? No, listen, no, listen, right now, listen. George Bush discovering fiscal conservatism on this issue would be like you telling me that Pat Buchanan just discovered multiculturalism right now. Now, it doesn't make any sense. This guy airlifted $12 billion in cash right. into Iraq in shrink-wrapped shrink bricks and right. didn't care when half of it walked off. But you I, can't look, discover Rachel, conservatism you now. Point. you got a valid point that George Bush has not been an economizer, but I think it's good that he starts. But let's take that cigarette tax. Who do you think pays that tax? It's working-class folks. It's African-Americans. It's people who enjoy cigarettes. You hammer them constantly with taxes, sin taxes. These things go after people who work for a living. This is outrageous that you're taking their money and paying for a benefit to people making 60 and 80 grand a year. Pat, you can yell about sin and you can yell about socialism and you can call this communist and you can do whatever you want. I think that people in this country are ready for something to be done about health care and they don't care what names you throw at you know, it. People I mean, want 8 million well, American kids. Well, that doesn't the make charts. it right because One. people want it and they may vote for it. On the merits, Rachel, do yeah. you believe that in a cigarette tax to pay for this? On the merits. I think that if a cigarette tax could pay for it, yes, I believe in that. But if it wasn't the cigarette tax, I would still be for it. This is what tax would you be for to pay for it? At this point, this is the if there's one thing that's going to be added to the deficit, I'd add this and I'd bring our troops home from Iraq to pay for it. But, How about but, that? Okay, well, you know, this is a marginal question. But He's correct. going to stay in that war. He ain't getting out of that war now. It's the question whether we do this health care bill but or Chris, not. Bush listen, ain't coming home the with health, the troops. The health care bill is $30 billion. <laughs> Bush is saying that that's absolutely unfindable, hey, unspendable. Okay. Chris, the other night, night, with the other sorry, night our turn. colleague, uh, Tim Russert, Hit, the, hit all those Democratic candidates where they're going to cut or what taxes they're going to raise to save these gigantic Social Security programs. And here we are talking about increasing entitlement programs. But you guys are completely missing the forest for the trees. Come on, this president, this administration with a Republican-led Congress for the whole first part of his term turned the biggest surpluses in history into the biggest deficits in history. Now, all of a sudden, that, there can't be health care for poor kids because we're worried about keep, the deficit. If you're going down the, the wrong road, Rachel, you don't keep Keep going down it. I credit the president with at least standing up for, against a program, which you are right, is very, very popular. It took guts to do this. And when Republicans act with guts, I don't know whether that's politically smart, but it's about time they did the right thing. Now, the reason that he's standing up against this program is because this is a phenomenally successful program that is socialized medicine in the same way that Medicare is socialized medicine and Medicaid is socialized medicine in the sense that the government helps out in a market that's broken. That is incredibly dangerous to the Republican world view that government can never help. So Why they've got to shut down this working program so they can continue well, to say the government's the problem. You say the Republicans are voting or are stopping a program that would be good for them politically. Yeah. Isn't that what we elect people to do, to act on principle, even when it hurts them politically? For I, heaven's sakes, Rachel, I agree with you. Look, it's, it's unpopular what the Republicans are doing, but if they'd done the unpopular thing again and again and again, this country would not be in the strategic fiscal mess it is in right now. Pat, the Republican health care plan right now, the proposal for fixing the health care disaster in this program, could be written on the back of an envelope in invisible ink and still nobody but would miss it. Because, There's no Republican Rachel, proposal. The Democrats want, have come up with something here that would know, work. Rachel, your idea okay. is we got to have a national health care program and the Republicans aren't doing what's right, That's right because they're not going in your direction. They're not socialists, Rachel. All I know is this, that I think that we need a national health care system and the Democrats say they're for one. one. But 
When it comes time to try to create one, they don't even have the guts to finance it. If we're going to have a 200,000 or 200 billion dollar health care program like Hillary and the others are talking about, you've got to be willing to finance it. And if all they're going to do is this chiseling number of saying someday I'll pay the raise the cigarette tax, that's not exactly a profile on courage, Rachel. Either you're going to pay for this stuff or stop talking about it. Hillary and Barack and Edwards are all talking about national health care. And all they can think of is some chiseling little cigarette tax they know they'll never pass. Why don't they put up their money where their mouth is and say, we're for national health and damn it, we're going to pay for it. We're going to cut something here. We're going to raise taxes here. It's going to add up. Why don't they say that? I think whatever they propose for paying this would pass. 72% of people in the country want this program extended. extended. Because right now, the people who pay for it, the parade now, the people who pay for it are all of us who have private insurance who are subsidizing the emergency rooms and the kids who don't get health care. That's unconscionable. This veto is going to be sustained. Bush is going to win this fight. Okay, we'll see you in that one. Actually, that's a bet. We'll have to see if it's covered. Thank you, Pat Buchanan. Thank you, Rachel Meadow. A little less conversation, a little more action, please. All this aggravation ain't satisfaction in me. A little more bite, a little less bark, a little less fight, a little more spark. Close your mouth and open up your heart and maybe satisfy. Uh, so, Digby. I, I want to tie this into a post that you uh, you had a, a campaign for America's future, and maybe maybe I'm stretching things a little bit here, but Bill Crystal um, uh, said the other uh, last week that anytime I hear that George Bush is doing something that's horrible for kids, I smile and I think that's got to be the right thing to do. Is there <laughs> is there a certain amount of of objectivism that, that this whole school of thought that comes from uh, uh, Ayn Rand? Uh, maybe I'm mispronouncing her first name, but uh, uh, this whole notion of uh, somehow that Look, you know, you, you don't spend time on these little piddling questions to spend billions of dollars on children getting their health care. We need this money to wage war. Well, you know, I doubt very, very seriously that George Bush has even heard of Atlas Shrugged, much less read it. But my that post that you mentioned, um, I did write that I think that many of her ideas have sort of penetrated into the minds of powerful people in American politics and business, uh, just through the sheer, you know, I mean, they send out half a million copies of that book to high school, advanced placement high school kids every year. So, you know, it's people get exposed to these ideas at this very tender age, and the book is full of all kinds of, you know, sex and drama, and, it, you know, it's, 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 the, it's the most palatable politics many of these people are ever going to get. And so the idea of that, I I don't find it surprising in the least that people like George Bush, who grew up in tremendous privilege and really has no concept of what it is to be facing something like working two jobs, have a sick kid, and not know how you are possibly going to pay for their health care, if you could even get it at all. I mean, that kind of, of horrifying thing where you barely have time to even you know see your kids much less be able to care for them properly when they're when they're ill is is something completely foreign to people like George W Bush and and people who believe that somehow or another and this is where the ideas of rand kind of filter down is that you know people like that are called parasites by someone like Alan Greenspan who believes that anybody who isn't a captain of industry um an innovative entrepreneur, a great leader of men is, um, you know, living off the benevolence of other people and that that is actually morally wrong. And I mean, isn't it? I mean, this must be the constituency that George Bush is talking to when he videos this, because even his own party, even the vast majority of his own party, 76 percent of the uh, population want this bill to pass through. So, I mean, the people who must be telling him, you got to veto this, I think have to be that group of people you're talking about. People with no concept of what it is to actually uh, to actually have to worry about how you're going to take care of your children. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, these are, and obviously these are, you know, extremely well-off people who don't have to worry about how they're going to take care of their children. And, you know, and in Bush's case, look, if he thinks that he's going to be vindicated from all these decisions, that they, he's going to be proven right somewhere, you know, in history, that's the old, you know, uh, economic argument, you know, well, yeah, and it might turn out okay in the long run, but in the long run, we'll all be dead. And this idea that somehow or another you can do anything and somehow history will, will prove you to have, you know, been right or things will turn out okay in the end. I mean, he's used that same line uh, on events in the Middle East where, yes, and, you know, so great. So we have 35 or 40 years of horrible strife 
and many, many millions of people die, someday there will be peace. Well, George Bush doesn't get to take credit for that. I'm sorry. Dear Mr. President, come take a walk with me. Let's pretend we're just two people and you're not better than me. I'd like to ask you some questions if we can speak honestly. What do you feel when you see all the homeless on the street? Who do you pray for at night before you go to sleep? What do you feel when you look in the mirror? Are you proud? How do you sleep while the rest of us cry? How do you dream when a mother has no chance to say goodbye? House Democrats fell 13 votes short of the two-thirds majority they needed to override President Bush's veto of a bill that would expand a popular insurance program to cover 10 million children. George Bush just vetoed Abby and Josh. They failed despite a massive ad campaign aimed at winning over more Republicans. President is isolated in this. Don't join him in his isolation. Come forward on behalf of the children. But Republicans stuck with the president, spokeswoman Dana Perino saying at the White House, we won this round. But I think it says a lot about how many Republicans stayed with the president. After a million dollars, they spent a million dollars to try to get Republicans to pull off of this bill. MoveOn.org and the unions and the like, and it didn't work. President Bush led Republicans in arguing the $35 billion expansion was too expensive and put the nation on the wrong track. It's about S-CHIP stands for socialized Clinton-style Hillary care for illegals and their parents. Democrats repeatedly argued Republicans have their priorities all wrong. You don't have money to fund the war or children, but you're going to spend it to blow up innocent people if we could get enough kids to grow old enough for you to send to Iraq to get their heads blown off for the president's amusement. Though Democrats never expected to override the veto, they still believe they came away winners. No, it's not a loss for Democrats at all, at least politically. Uh, Politically, they see it as a big advantage for them going into next year's election. The president says he is willing to compromise, and so are Democrats, though they're holding firm to making sure 10 million children are covered by the program. They say they're willing to make changes to address Republican concerns, like making sure that children of illegal immigrants are not covered. The money for the current program is set to run out in about a month. Jerry Bodelander, the Associated Press, Capitol Hill. Children's Health Insurance Program fell 13 votes short. 13. Today, when uh, this cowardly group of murderous Republicans who are, who are willing to vote for the death of Iraqi children by the hundreds, if not the thousands, you filthy bastards, you Republican so-called lawmakers, uh, your God, when you finally die, And you step into that little area of of post-death consciousness where you stand there with your chest popped up and present yourself to your God. You know what he's going to do? He's going to rip your head off and urinate in your neck and then throw you into hell. That's exactly 
what's going to happen to you because you people are so vile. You will vote to kill, to fund to the tune of $12 billion a month to kill people in Iraq. Yes, sons of bitches. But three months of, of that war in Iraq, you will not part with to guarantee health services for 10 million American children. Now, what happens? Here's what happens. The, 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 the stinking 5 million that Bush is proposing, which is 10 days worth of death in Iraq, will force, will force, literally, millions of children off the rolls. Ah, you pigs. Ah, you pigs. I, I, I can't, it's getting more and more difficult for me to get my mind around some of this stuff. And I always talk about retiring, about getting out of this, because it's, it's, it's maddening. And I think to myself, no, just hold on to September 08. Just hold on, Mike, hold on. I don't know. Steve King, Republican of Iowa. Anybody in Iowa listening to me, how can you people in Iowa put into office a, a filthy subhuman like Steve King who says who votes against children's health care and then says that, says that S-CHIP stands for socialized Clinton-style Hillary care for illegals and their parents? Is that funny to you people in Iowa? Is that humor is that knee-slapping, uh, pig-wallowing, tobacco-chawing, uh, a gas station pumping humor to people in Iowa in, in this pig's district? Uh, how can you people put a subhuman like that into office to represent you? How do you do that? How do you do that? I mean, it's one thing to be pro-death. It's one thing to, to take your filthy Christianity, your bloody, degenerate Christianity, and, and try to bludgeon the world into submission so that your Jesus will see all the corpses and come back and say, Oh, look, dead people, I'm going home! Which is not what he was about at all, but it's what you freaks believe. It's one thing for you to do that. To murder children around the world. By refusing to have your filthy representatives fund AIDS programs in Africa, if they even mention, if they even mention condoms, ah, you pigs, you pigs. But it's something else again, isn't it, Iowans, to murder your own children, American kids, by denying them health care? God damn, what's wrong with people in this country? What's wrong? Just wanted to take a second here at the end of the show to thank our special guest producer, Asim, for putting this show together. Uh, dude, you did a bang-up job, so thank you very, very much for that. So, I don't know if anyone saw this or not, but last week we were actually featured in the news and politics category in the podcasting section of the iTunes Music Store. So I just want to say thanks to everyone who's been reviewing us over at the iTunes Music Store. Um, it's that in combination with the number of subscriptions you get that pushes you up into the realm, I guess, of featureable podcasts. So thanks again, and uh, if you haven't given us a review please consider doing so. It takes about two seconds and you can get there from a link in the sidebar of our website. Just one more thing I wanted to mention real quick. Um, the art for this episode was something that I kind of just uh, found on Google Images, but it was something that I had actually seen before. Um, it's photo manipulation. Um, and it's done by an artist named Jill Greenberg. If you haven't seen her stuff, it's absolutely amazing. Um, go to her website and check it out. Her website is uh, manipulator.com, I think. Or just uh, Google Jill Greenberg. And you should be able to find it. So check that out. And I think that's going to wrap it up for this episode of Best of the Left Podcast. Thanks for listening, and I'll be back again next week with a brand new show for you guys. So, till then, peace.
fine, fine smell, black and white. You took apart a picture that wasn't right. Pitch burning on a shining sheet. The only maker that you wanna meet. A dying man in a living room. The shadow bases the floor. 